1: Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us on this Wednesday morning. Another hot one, tops of 35 right across Sydney today. But we get through that back down to 22 tomorrow. So 13-degree drop in a day and then down to 19 on Friday. So we're going to have to ride out another hot one today right across Sydney town. Thanks for your company on 1170 AM and via the SEN app. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is the text line. Or you can call this morning, one 1170 Now, it is a bit of a Wednesday giveaway. Normally, we hold this for Thursday, but we've got some great prizes to give to you, our loyal listeners on SEN. A little bit later, I've got a $100 Archie's Footwear Voucher to give away. So if you like your Archie's thongs, or you just like your thongs, make sure you stay tuned. But before that, in fact, straight after the 9.30 news, I've got two double passes to the Panthers' versus The Storm this Friday night at a core stadium. You want to go and watch the footy? We've got two double passes to give away. Now, given that it's Wednesdays with Webby and we have the author of the well-acclaimed book and flying off the shelves, The Wolf You Feed, Wayne Bennett, The Man, The Myth, The Mayhem, here's what we're going to do. You've got to give us your best Wayne Bennett impersonation because if and when you start reading the book, you'll actually hear, the way that Webby describes it, you'll hear Wayne Bennett talking to you with the drawl and the okay that almost comes at every end of every sentence. So what I want you to do is... Keep this number, one 300 1170 straight after the 9.30 news. Be the first in. We've got two double passes to give away to Panthers v Storm. Get your best Wayne Bennett impersonation. Uh, Webby will then pass judgment and he will announce the winner. There you go. But first, we've got to make it official. The man's on the line, folks. Here he is.
0: He's the chief sports writer at the Sydney Morning Herald. It's Wednesdays with Andrew Webster.
1: See what I did, Webby? See what I did? I'm selling books for you, and, and we're giving away things to our loyal listeners. Good morning, mate. Good morning. Yes,
0: look, I'm, I'm really looking forward to sitting there and sitting in judgment of people.
1: That's what I do best. <laughs> okay, so you'll be on the line I'm after kidding. the 9.30 news. Wayne Bennett, you've got to give us your best impersonation. doesn't have to be long. I mean, Wayne doesn't really talk in long sentences, does he? How How is the book going, The Wolf You Feed? I haven't
0: got any sales figures yet, uh, Maddie. But um, look, I can't uh, I can't flog it any more than I have. Let's just put it that way. I've done. I think I've done about twenty-two uh, interviews since it came out a, a week ago. But um, all the all the feedback's been very positive so far. I'm very humbled by um, a lot of the the kind words that people have given to me about the book so far. So um, yeah, I can't, I can't really ask for more, Maddie. Has Wayne read it? I don't know. I haven't heard from Wayne. so um, he's got. I sent him a copy of it, so I don't know whether he's read it. It seems to me the question everyone asks, has Wayne read it? Has Wayne read it? But I, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't heard yeah. anything, so I don't know if that's a good or a bad sign. But as I said on the show last week, I didn't write it for Wayne. I wrote it for the readers of, uh, of rugby league books and and, and beyond that. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the people who are buying it are, are enjoying it.
1: So, mate, after the thousands of hours and, and the years and years and years of talking to Wayne and sitting through Wayne's press conferences and seeing him speak and and sitting at his place, are you any good at a Wayne Bennett impersonation?
0: Oh, not really, uh, Matt. I wouldn't say I am that much. That's not a That's,
1: mate. That, sounded like, that getting, sounded like Anthony Griffin. You are, Exactly. You're not getting a double pass to the Panthers
0: v. Storm. Look, put it this way. I, it's funny. I've actually had lunch with Anthony Griffin in in better days between us uh, when he was at, at Penrith, and um, and it is uncanny how much he sounds like Wayne Bennett, even though the two of them aren't close whatsoever. If anything, Wayne's highly critical of Griffin in in uh, in the book that I wrote. Um, but yeah, he's uh, yeah. They've both got a dour way
1: of speaking, haven't they? Yeah. All right. O four five seven seven three six seven three six. Come and join the conversation this morning. Obviously, we're about to dig into footy and everything else that's on the table. Or one three hundred o one eleven seventy. You give us a call. Webby's here for the next forty five minutes. Let's start with the Valentine Holmes penalty. So the breach notice has been handed out. Um, they've got a. He's got until five o'clock today to respond. But we're looking at a twenty five thousand dollar fine for Valentine Holmes and a one match suspension which becomes Mal Meninga's little headache, doesn't it?
0: It does. Look, I actually think it's uh, the NRL's got it right this time. Um, it was. It, there's no doubt that it brought the game into disrepute. I couldn't care less what Val Holmes or rugby league players do in their off-season, what they put in their mouth, what they put up their nose, whether it's pretend drugs or not. Um, but it was a pretty silly thing for Val to do, really, um, given that he has... One the profile that he's got, and also the fact that he put it on Instagram with one hundred and ninety-seven thousand Instagram followers. So I don't think that's makes him the coldest can in the fridge. To be perfectly honest, but um, I think, and from all reports, he's going to accept that that punishment that's been handed down by the NRL. And I reckon that's a smart thing because, yeah, twenty-five k one match, which will probably be gobbled up by um, the test matches that are played at the end of this season. I think that's a I think that's a, a fair result for for Valentine Holmes, um, whether Mal decides to be, whether he wants to be the coach that absorbs that one match is up to uh, is up to Mal, I suppose. That's the question that remains.
1: Yeah, I, and look, if we take Valentine Holmes at his word on what he said about this and it was a prank gone wrong and he's hit the wrong button and all that kind of stuff, then I think, you know, $25,000... Is twenty five thousand dollars still a heck of a lot of money? And we'll talk about the amount of money that these guys earn. But it's a fair old whack out of your wallet and one match suspension. Let's let's just say this: he ain't going to do it again, is he? He's, I doubt, highly doubt that he's going to find himself in this position again. And we can debate whether it's whether it's bringing the game into disrepute or just being flat out, you know, dumb at, uh, at a certain time. But he's highly unlikely to do something like that again.
0: He is. I suppose the lesson here is, if you're going to do something stupid, don't put it on social media. <laughs> and you yeah. do. You, you know, look, I don't. I don't necessarily buy into the whole rugby league players need to be squeaky clean role models. I get all that. They're human. They make mistakes. But when you have the profile that uh, that Valentine Holmes does, and you make over a million dollars a year, and particularly when you have a following like he does, look, there's a lot of young kids out there that really um, that adore Valentine Holmes. He's a. He's a. Uh, he he is a, he is a, a, a an icon of the game, um, probably not an icon of the game. But he is one of the best, better known players of the game that deserves that, that attracts a lot of a, a, a interest. So he, yeah, I, I think you know, with that comes a responsibility, and I think the NRL have got it right. Five
1: o'clock uh, is the. Respond time this afternoon, and as you say, it appears as though Val Holmes will cop that monetary penalty and also the one-match ban as well. When I saw on the Sydney Morning Herald website uh, front page this morning the the headline "Why the NRL Wants to Keep Players Out of Vegas," I thought, "Hang on a second, you want to keep players out of Vegas? Why send them there in the first place?" But when you dig a little <laughs> bit deeper to the article itself, it's about keeping them away from the the strip. And about where where they can also um, accommodate them, that it's not going to cost them an arm and a leg. It's still going to be expensive. Um, that your take on on this one, it's it's interesting how much how much steam this whole thing has gathered. Michael Chamis' article this morning sort of goes into detail. Well, what's your take on the build up to Vegas?
0: Oh, I, I've actually um, come to. To warm to it a little bit, Maddie. I was a little bit skeptical, but the thing that I can tell you guys today is that more than ten thousand tickets have already been sold. Wow! Which really surprises me. So ten thousand tickets have been sold, and it's only September twenty. We're still months away from uh, the actual match. It's it'll be interesting to see how many get bought between now and then. But I I, I was worried. There were initial concerns that that's what they were going to get ten thousand, and they've already mm-hmm. hit ten thousand tickets. Uh, by mid September, that's that's a good result for the NRL. They haven't, still haven't really started about marketing it and trying to get it around. In terms of player behaviour, what it's three, where they're staying is three kilometres from the strip. I do, I'm pretty sure they've got things called ta- uh, taxis and uh, and Ubers in in Las Vegas. So if players want to find trouble, they'll find it. Um, uh, I don't know if staying away from the strip necessarily is going to keep them away from all the uh, neon delights that uh, Las Vegas seems to have, but. Again, the onus is on the players to be grown-ups and know that they're representing the game uh, on, on, on foreign turf and to do the right thing. So, um, yeah, as I said, I, I'm starting to warm to the whole thing. It's I'm not t- entirely sure what their motives are. I'm not entirely sure whether the gambling revenue is going to come like they think. I'm not entirely sure they're going to get a toenail in the American market and start getting some interest and and players. I saw that story with interest this week about about incentives for clubs to try and entice American players uh, or American athletes to the NRL. I'll I'll believe that one when I see it too. But you know what? Good on the NRL for having a crack, Matty. At least they're trying something.
1: Get Hold in here and have a fight. You know the ten thousand tickets that are sold. Do you know if they are tickets that have been sold through the NRL on this side, or is that is that just tickets being sold generally? So I, I'm, I'm I asking, think it's are te- they 10,
0: Australian? To
1: the game. It's okay, 10, so they could have could have come from the anywhere.
0: The yeah, yeah. That's what that's what that's what Andrew Abdo told me three days ago. So um, he's a pretty
1: good source. <laughs> <laughs> Straight to the top, that's what is I mean, he's only the
0: NRL CEO, so I dare say he knows what he's talking about.
1: One, one of the things that may come out of it, well, will come out of it, is collaboration between our rugby league clubs and NFL slash college clubs or colleges over there. The Broncos got a partnership with the Rams already, so they're going to base themselves in California. Roosters are looking at a, a possible partnership with the University of California. And then we've got South Sydney and, of course, and, and Manly. So they'll all go over there and, and dip their toe in the water. But is that something, if they don't you know, get the traction that they're looking for in terms of a foothold in america or a gambling foothold in america is there something else to come out of it that there's a a club to club athlete to athlete collaboration that's currently non-existent yeah possibly but i don't know I, as
0: i said I'm, I'm i'm confused by what the nrl's end game is here i know there are certainly uh, enough club CEOs who have said to me that you would want your team to be in that first year because the cost to the game is going to be significant. And I suppose that's where the argument will come. Like could, could surely those millions of dollars in taking the game to America, to a market that's, you know, so obsessed with their own sports as it is, is that could that money be better spent in bush footy, grassroots 40, we, you know, there's, mm. the game talks about how much revenue it's raked in, how much wagering revenue it's raked in. Is it, um, is, could those funds be better used, trying to prop up the game and support the game in areas that are under attack from the AFL? Let's not underestimate that, um, if from a from a rugby league point of view. But it should be a fun week. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> that it will. At the end of the day, it will. should
0: be a fun week for all of us to go.
1: <laughs> the double header at Allegiant, so Saturday, March the 2nd. Uh, we'll be revealing there that already 10,000 tickets have been sold. The club's likely to be based three kilometres away from the heart of Vegas at Resorts World, so it should be... I mean, there's some bloody beautiful hotels there, but it'll be a lot cheaper than staying at the Bellagio, depending on what you do downstairs. Uh, we'll talk well, about where, the finals match That's where I'll be staying. That's, that's where right. I'll be staying. We'll talk I've about already, the finals. I've already
0: booked out the penthouse suite at the Bellagio. That's where I, <laughs> I intend to cover, cover that uh, week from. I'm Don't
1: kidding, you have a... Uh, I'm what, kidding. What, what, I'll be staying
0: mate. at a, be staying in some flea-bitten hotel. <laughs> yes.
1: What do they call a uh, Residence. That's what I'm thinking of. Andrew Webster in residence at the Bellagio Hotel, but not as you think. Oh, uh, speaking no. of Andrew Webster's, after the break, we'll have a chat about your article yesterday in the Sydney Morning Herald on um, Andrew Webster, the coach, and Andrew Webster, you, and the uh, funny exchange of text messages, especially when he was the assistant coach to Ivan Cleary. But it's a really good piece because it also zeros in on, on the fact that he's quite obviously leading contender to be Dally M. Coach of the Year. 0457 736 736 is the text line. Don't forget, after 9.30, you've got to be on the phone. one 1170 So hold your fire until the 9.30 news. Hit us up on the phone line. You need a Wayne Bennett impersonation. Keep it nice and easy, nice and fun. I've got two double passes to the Panthers v. The Storm at a core stadium on Friday night. 22 and a half minutes after 9 o'clock on this Wednesday morning. Andrew Webster, the Chief Sports Writer at the Sydney Morning Herald, is with us after your article yesterday, Webby, that um, <laughs> is quite funny on every level, but you also go into a very good, uh, not, not so much serious, but very poignant, I think, Point about Andrew Webster's twenty twenty three, how he's turned the Warriors around, and why, in your opinion, he deserves the Dally M. But tell my listeners who haven't read it about some of the exchanges that you, being Andrew Webster, get from people who think that you're the coach, Andrew Webster. <laughs> There's been quite a few. There's been
0: quite a few when he was West Tigers interim coach for a couple of games. It was you know a bit of playful banter and um, you know just people wishing him the best. In the last couple of years, and including last year's grand final uh, build up when he was an assistant coach to Ivan Cleary, Ivan sent me all these sort of detailed game analysis and clips he wanted clipped up and stories out of the paper he wanted put up in lights. And I said, I've wrong one. He, went, he just came back with a couple of laughing emojis. So, um, <laughs> But this year, to be honest, but since he's taken over the Warriors this year, it's amazing how many former players. And people involved with the Warriors, people not involved with the Warriors have been reaching out to him to congratulate him on what he's doing in the style of football the Warriors have been playing and accidentally sending it to me. So I, I had a sort of un, a unique uh, look into how successful he's been and just the admiration out there for Andrew Webster. I am worried, though. I am worried. Just I, I, I've had the Aaron text messages um, for him. I just wonder how many he's got for me.
1: They're the oh, ones that yes. worry me the most. Yeah, yeah 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 does he does he sort of look at you with a with a strange sort of peer at sometimes and goes hmm yes well. i don 't know i don 't know but let 's just say it 's very lucky i 'm not too paranoid
0: you tell that. a really
1: good story about um, in fact, you say that if you want an indication of why Webster 's done so well, you go back to the first round inside the dressing room they 're playing at Sky Stadium in Wellington, and Cameron George, the chief executive, addresses the playing group there's the tradition of handing the rookie coach or the new coach a signed jumper. And you quote uh, Cameron George saying, boys, when you get a new coach, the first thing they want to do is change everything. But Andrew was different. He said, I'm happy with the squad we've got. And then you say that he went on to stay true to his word. And and you know what the term that I really like here before he said about coaching the hell out of the players that he had. And I reckon that summarizes what he's managed to build over there in terms of competitors for coach of the year of 2023, there's a couple, mate, and there's a couple that have very compelling reasons to be standing there and taking that medal away from him. One's Kevin Walters. The other one's Ivan Cleary. You'd almost have to throw Adam O'Brien in there, the way that they finished the season.
0: I think you do. But, look, you know, I'd be happy with either, all three of them, getting it um like, I think what Kevin's done is amazing and he's in the most scrutinised market, really, uh, in terms of uh, uh, Brisbane and, and the Broncos and th- success that they've usually warrant, um, but haven't in the last few years for all sorts of reasons, ever since I got rid of Supercoach Bennett. Um uh, Ivan has done an incredible job. That club has done an incredible job to be in a third consecutive grand final and favourite to to win a third premiership. We haven't seen that since the 80s, obviously. So he he warrants um, he warrants plenty of praise. But just for mine, like, I mean, what the Warriors have been through, they've been so disconnected from their supporter base for the last two, three years. Um, They came second last last year, and he came in and didn't make any changes really at all uh, to his squad, but through just good, solid coaching, managed to get the best out of the Warriors finally. Um, And we haven't really seen that since they made the grand final in 2012 under Ivan Cleary. So, yeah, I just think Andrew Webster deserves the... The praise as the best coach in the competition this year, given what he's done and how deep into September they've
1: gone. Kevy Walters, then where, where does he? I mean, if you had to rank him one, two, and three, you've got Webster at one at the moment in terms of being coach of the year. H- how do you split Walters and Cleary? Uh,
0: I'd I have Ivan ahead of ahead of Kevin, to be honest. Yeah, I just think the way that Ivan's been able to keep them uh, at the, the way it isn't so much the players like we saw we see it time and time again with uh, premiership winning teams like you've got to climb everest again the next year it was and if whether whether teams are prepared to do all they can in terms of uh, pushing themselves beyond what they could normally do um, that's that's always the trick in backing up uh, backing up a Premiership victory, trying to do all that hard work again and, and players knowing what it's going to have to take to, to get there. And the way that Penrith have managed to do that, despite losing two superstars a year since their first Premiership, two big names every year they've been able to, to they've, they've still been able to win the comp and they're up to their eyeballs in this one. I think that's pretty special. As well, so. But then, no disrespect to Kevin, because I remember sitting down with Kevin Waldis for his Bennett book in the off season, and he had the weight of the world on his shoulders. It was like the pressure that was on him was remarkable. Uh, but so for him to be able to hold it together and finally get the best out of all this great generation of talent that's coming through at the Broncos, that's pretty special too.
1: Just one more on Andrew Webster. You point out. Um, about how they flirted around with other coaches, and but they were always looking at, at Webster. He'd been an assistant there at the Warriors in 2015 and 16. I spoke to him about it on this program just a few weeks ago. You point out that he loved the city, loved the country, and most importantly got on with the owner, Mark Robinson. When you, when you put all that into perspective, it's kind of like the perfect fit at the perfect time, and those things don't come along quite often in rugby league, do they? To get the Warriors back home, to have the history there... And to obviously be invested, plus the sharp, um, the, the straight, the straight up approach that Andrew Webster's got, a moment in time that could have gone either way for the Warriors. So this is just as important for the Warriors and their future as it is for Andrew Webster as a coach.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The thing that I really like about what he's done, Matty, or what he did in the first sort of few weeks of the preseason, was he just set that set the the players down and said in a really methodical way. These are the. This is the defensive targets and the possession targets that the top five teams in over the last five years have reached. We're nowhere near that. If you reach those targets, we'll be playing finals football and a chance of pushing for a premiership. And the way that that pragmatic approach has worked for that team, I think, um, yeah, you know, it's 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 been probably it's the story. What the Warriors have done are the story of the year.
1: Yep, yeah, no doubt about it. All right, we're heading towards the 9.30 news. one 300 1170 is the open line number. Alex is ready to take your calls. Be on the line. You have to give us your Wayne Bennett impersonation. I've got two double passes to the Panthers and Storm on Friday night at a core stadium. So let's have some... Webby's going to do the judging. Let's have some fun after this. 1-300-01-1170. Hit those phones now. All righty, let's hook into it. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Our callers are coming on through. I've got two double passes to Panthers the Storm. You've got to give us your best Wayne Bennett impersonation. Webby, are you ready to be judge and jury on this one? So we'll have a listen and to our callers and executioner. We'll have a listen to our callers, and uh, you can therefore pick the best two out of those that we've got. Steve from Penrith, you're first on the line, mate. You, you go first. Give us your best Benny impersonation.
0: Now, what I don't seem to understand about you blokes is you claim to be a radio station, but you're not putting any music out there. But well, you can't die with the music inside you. And anyone who's ever read a good book would understand that.
1: <laughs> oh, that's good. Mate, that's, that is really, okay. really good. Righto, Steve's on the board. Steve's on the board, and he's, he's come out swinging too. Paul in Newcastle. Content, what have you got, Steve. Paul? Good content, <laughs> Well, you might have done more than me about this. You know, I knew so what happened. I'm just the, you know, Well, oh, we're going to get there. Um, you know, we're doing our best. And, uh, you know, it's all about, you know, you know talk about me. Don't talk about players. You know, not them. Anyway.
0: <laughs> well, have you had a stroke? <laughs> oh, <we can't laughs> you probably that have you know, really been talking a long time, so you know. <laughs> that is actually, that, you actually sound very much like him. That's uh that's a little bit uncanny.
1: Yeah. Hey, Paul, thank you. You know the the really good thing is that for most of that I couldn't understand a damn word you were saying, which puts you straight yeah. in contention uh for Wayne <laughs> Bennett. Quite a few people, Paul, by the way, have said when you call up, that you that you sound like either um, Wayne Bennett or Anthony Griffin. So people have said that before. So you may have had a, a bit of an advantage in that one. So Steve's off and running. Paul's given us some good stuff. Uh, Andrew in Newcastle, go for it, Andrew. You're on. Come on, Andrew. Come on. We we can't wait all day. Wayne Bennett style. That's not a great start. No, he's gone. He's actually. Yeah, where did Andrew rate right you know
0: <laughs> That That's actually more like Wayne than en- the other two because he just didn't say anything at all. <laughs> <laughs> but that's super oh, econ- economical with words. So, okay. Well, this is really hard. I'm trying to split the two of them, Steve and Paul. Steve, you did very well with content. I thought some of you stuff. But it's Paul, number two, Paul,
1: you're the winner. Oh, that's fantastic! That's very, very funny. Um, you know what I'm going to do because because we can, Steve. Because you were first on the line and the content that you delivered, I'm going to give you a double pass as well. So we had a couple. We were going to split them out, but I'll give them, I'll give one to Paul, courtesy of Webby, and one to you, Steve, um, courtesy of me, to the Panthers v Storm. Don't forget to uh, the Wolf. Your feed is out now. The man, the myth, the mayhem. And uh, to Andrew, I'm not sure what what sort of you know strategy that you came in with. I liked it, but you just missed out. So um, well and truly worth that, doing that one. That 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 was Andrew. The last one that
0: was Bennett in the early 2000s when he wasn't fronting press conferences. So that <laughs> that, one, that one rung true.
1: Yes, uh, nobody threw in the okay though. So you know um, the okay at the end of everything. In fact, we do have a couple of texters. McHugh says. I'm going to do an impersonation of Wayne Bennett by text message. Wayne in a crap mood. Are you ready? E grunt, mm-hmm. eh, grunt, eh, grunt. Thank you very much. A mm-hmm. e. That's him. That's him. But
0: we need to just make this very clear. In the book, the wolf you feed is far more expensive. <laughs>
1: Yes, yes, exactly. He yes. does get uh, he it's does get right through up. quite a bit. Thank you for that. One three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Uh that open line number. I do have another giveaway this morning. That kind of day. A hundred dollar Archie's footwear voucher. Archie's thongs are so comfy, Webby. So comfy, you'll never take mm-hmm. them off. So, I'll do that a little bit later on this morning. Um, the finals matchups, before I get to those, just a couple of other issues. NRLW expansion, one without notice for you. Um, been having a few chats about these over the last couple of days. There are some that say we need to go, some that say we need to hold on. Um, Matty Johns posed a good one on Monday morning. If we're looking at expanding, say, NRL men's, uh, and we are, into Say New Zealand again, then perhaps use a NRLW team as a as a platform on the way in. Where do you sit with expansion for the women's game?
0: I think they need to be really careful. Um, I don't think the I don't think the NRL understands just what they've got on their hands. I, I actually talk to Matty Johns about this all the time. Um, It's and Maddie's a big proponent of a marketing campaign. They need to get someone like a Pink or somebody um, to to come up with a anthem for the game because there's such a all right off the back of the Matildas and the Women's World Cup on these shores, there was all this talk about women's sport and being a game changer and where it can go. Now, call me a little bit biased, but I think of all the women's football codes out there. The NRLW is light years ahead of the rest in terms of watchability. Like, it's so good to watch. It's like it's a, such a pure form of rugby league. There's no wrestle. They're prepared to use the ball. The skill level has risen so much in the last two or three years. And I just think the NRL really need to foster it as uh, another part of the game.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree with all all of that. Um, the, the lesson when you look across to AFLW, is that they went too big too soon and they they ran out of puff very early and they had to um, make some pretty hardcore decisions to try and get it back on track, which is fine because the intent is exactly the same, but the experience is already there and I think the NRL will be a little bit more wary um, looking going too big too soon. But you're right, the game's in a in a great spot at the moment. Andrew's come back on the text line, Telstra got him. So it wasn't a strategy to play uh, uh, the silent, yeah, play the silent version of Wayne Bennett. It was the phone system. And somebody else texted in saying it would have been dead set funny if somebody actually tipped off Wayne and he rang in as an alias. Well, Paul could have been an alias.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure Wayne was scouting for uh, Penrith Melbourne tickets, to be honest, but... Well, no. He might. You, you, he
1: might. You never know. You
0: never know. Um, he has been known to ring in to, a radio the station. He has been known to, to ring in a radio
1: station in his time and get something off
0: his chest. He's good at that one.
1: <laughs> um, from AFLW to AFL itself, GWS into the Ooh. preliminary finals v Collingwood MCG uh, Friday night. So we're down to the final four, obviously, in AFL. The, the story of GWS is really interesting. Um, and the traction that they're getting into the sydney market i'd be interested to know what you've been digging up and what you've found on that one
0: it's hard it's very difficult and very very um, loose when you start talking about whether a club's got any support or not like i mean they have 33,000 members which is uh, it's enormous enormous when in compared when compared to nrl clubs and again um, NRL teams are only just sort of getting their head around membership, and it doesn't necessarily mean every everything. It's like membership's not the be-all and end-all in terms of, of gauging a club's success. But, I mean, in many ways, they're a bit of an invisible powerhouse, I reckon, Matty. This is their fourth preliminary since 2016. They've made the finals, uh, the semi-finals, two other times outside of that. They've never lost... Sorry, they made the final six times in the last eight years, and they've never lost in the first week. Now there'd be a stack of clubs out there, football, all AFL, who would who would love to see their team that prominent in the finals at this time of year. Um, but if they get if say they upset Collingwood at the MCG on Friday night, just like they beat upset Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval last Saturday night, how many people are going to care? And I don't know. The AFL seems to think sustained success of GWS is going to Gonna support. I just think at the game. If you talk to people at the AFL internally, it's um, it's. I think they understand it's a far, far trickier market than what they envisaged when GWS had their first season in 2012.
1: No doubt about it. So 7:50 Friday night is Collingwood v Giants, and then the Lions. At 5.15 p.m. at the Gabba, we had big discussion around this and the timing, etc., and reasons behind it and clashes. Um, they've got Carlton. Well, I've had both Adam Kingsley and last week had Jason McCartney on this program. So impressive. Seriously, the, the head coach, Adam Kingsley, is, is somebody that I just want to sit down to and, and pick his sporting brain. The turnaround from last year and the look inwards that they did as a club and realized what they had to change and did need to change at that time um, was pretty harsh and pretty pretty deep and here they are in a prelim final one match away from the big one the gf so webby before we let you go this morning uh nrl so what are we thinking or what are you thinking for this weekend it's down to the final four panthers v storm and broncos and Warriors.
0: Uh, I'm interested to see what happens with Jerome Luai today. It's his first contact session and they make a call, apparently, on whether he plays or not, uh, depending on that uh, contact session today. It seems, I don't know, They I don't know whether they're playing Ducks and Drakes, uh, the Panthers, but when he first did this shoulder injury a few weeks ago, it seemed like... The sort of the 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 the, wisdom, the convec- accepted wisdom was that he was uh, that he was gone for the season. The Panthers seem to be suggesting that he'll play. Um, others seem to be sceptical. So I'll be interested to see whether he plays or not. I don't think it'll matter. Nathan Cleary steering that team around so well at the moment that I can't see um, them losing to uh, a, a, an injury ravaged storm.
1: Ooh, okay, um, so that's. That's the Panthers one. What have what have you got for Bronx and Warriors? Much closer, much
0: closer. I just can't see Brisbane losing up there. I really can't. I think they've just got they've got too much um, going for them this year. They've got too much momentum at this time of the year, and they're a different team at SunCorp. Once they get rolling, they're pretty hard to beat. The Storm tried to bash them out of that game uh, in the first week of the finals, and it it didn't work. They just they were so professional, and they were so They weren't overawed by the occasion at all. So I just think with Adam Reynolds there steering the ship, he's like an on-field coach in in himself, and it'll be hard for them to. uh, It'll be hard for the Warriors to cause the upset.
1: Okay, so you got a Panthers Broncos grand final on the line. Good man. Uh, Let you get on with your day. You're going to be on Jared Waitley a little bit later on. So for those listening in via the app who want a double dose of uh, Webby on a Wednesday, uh, he'll be shamelessly flogging his book on Jared Waitley's program, "The Wolf You Feed." (laughs)
0: Very good, yeah. I'll be, uh,
1: yeah. If you need a double dose of me, then you do have issues. <laughs> good on you, mate. We'll catch you later. We'll do it again next week. Thanks, Thanks mate. And Andrew Webster there. Make sure you stick around. The Pearl's going to join me this morning. Steve Renoff will also tell you the story and um, hopefully catch up with Adam Bates, 18-year-old who was signed with the Boston Red Sox organization. But here's the thing. It was his year 12 formal last night. So I'm hoping that Adam's going to be okay to talk to us, I'm assuming. So Max Rushton will join me too. Stan Sports coverage of the UEFA Champions League underway. So the first matches this morning and more tomorrow. And Nick Davis um, will talk AFL finals with a Sydney Swans legend who's also part of the Swans women's setup in 2023. So there's a lot on the list this morning and another giveaway to come. Thanks to uh, Archie's Footwear, we'll do that a little bit later. One three hundred oh one eleven seven is the open line number. Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six is our text line.